world, this is the Fanatic Podcast. I'm Parker Gerlecki, a.k.a. the Fanatic, and with me as always is my broadcast partner, Dad, a.k.a. Ryan Gerlecki. I've got a passion for all things sports. So, on the Fan and Fanatic Podcast, we'll talk to anyone and everyone from all over the world of sports who will sit still long enough to answer my questions. That's right. Now, as a result of complications from severe brain damage at birth, unfortunately, Parker will never be able to physically play sports. But that cannot and has never stopped him from loving everything about sports and dreaming of a career in broadcasting. So each of our guests graciously gives of their time on this podcast to invest in Parker's dream and to help him be part of the sports world he loves so dearly. Now, let's play ball! Welcome back, Fanatic Addicts, to another episode of the Fan and Fanatic Podcast. It's my absolute honor to introduce my guest, Auburn Tigers royalty in the house, Mr. Terry Hinley. So, Mr. Terry Hinley, please tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and your connection to the world of sports. Well, I was uh, an Auburn Tiger from 1969 to 1972. I was the most valuable player of the Southeastern Conference. I led the Conference in rushing. I led them in scoring. Uh, played in the Senior Bowl. I tried to play with four or five other NFL teams. And uh, I currently live in Birmingham. I'm employed with Palomar Insurance and uh, have been for 40 years. And uh, and uh, I'm a big supporter of the Auburn Tigers and football, college football in general. So, I know this isn't an Auburn-related question, but you know John Parker Wilson at Alabama, football player turned radio announcer for said Crimson Tide Sports Network. Anyways, so I a few so as you know, he played for the Atlanta Falcons, and a few years ago, I was fortunate enough to interview the team. And when I got to John Parker Wilson, my dad told me that he played football at Alabama, and I said War Eagle. And John Parker Wilson said, "Dad, will you?" Take it from here. Yeah, it was basically that's like the worst burn I've ever gotten, and it wasn't a few years ago; it was a decade ago. So this was a a, a pretty good burn from a very young child to this, uh, you know, young NFL quarterback. So it was funny, and I do also have to to give a shout out here. I don't know, Mister Henley, if you paid attention to Parker's podcast, but for some reason, it has been very heavy Alabama. Lots of people connected to the University of Alabama. So to finally have somebody from Auburn makes, uh, of course, his mom very happy. And as you know, his uh, his grandfather and grandmother very happy, too. Well, I'm very proud to on your show. Well, thank you. I've heard so much about you from your your granddad, uh, for sure. You know, he he wears the badge around on his chest about you. And so I'll, I'll, I'm honored to be on your show. Why, thank you. Did you? So it just so happens that y'all were call were y'all y'all worked at Palomar and y'all like ran into each other at J and M last last weekend. Am I if I remember correctly? That is correct. We had a have a book written about the '72 team that I played on as a senior, and uh, it's a fantastic book called uh, uh, "Teammates for Life." And we were—I was there at Johnson Mo- J and M bookstore with uh, 
six or seven of my teammates signing the book uh, and people buying it. So, yes, your dad came up and spoke, and I uh, hadn't seen him in a little while, and uh, we had a nice conversation. It was my grandfather. Uh, your grandfather, I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. But did y'all know each other? Did y'all know each other before, or did you? Or is that the first time y'all met? Oh no, he <laughs> he worked here at Palomar, so I got to see him quite a bit. Very good, very good. So, what position did you play at Auburn? I was a running back. So who was the so so you were you you were so who was handing off to you at the time? Who was the quarterback? Yeah. I played two years. I played my sophomore year and junior year in the backfield with Pat Sullivan, the Heisman Trophy winner. Yep. Uh, I also stood next to Terry Beasley, which was the uh, golf winner and everything at a receiver. And uh, so I did that my first two years, and then they graduated, and we left. In 1972, we... We um, we only were picked to win one game. We only had three starters coming back on offense, and, and we we had a quarterback that warmed up in the first game with his jersey on backwards. He was so nervous, and uh, and uh, and so then they were picked to win one game, and instead of winning one, we won ten. So uh, we beat we beat uh, five of the top 10 in the country and uh, we beat the preseason national champs uh, that year. So who was the coach at the time? Coach Shug Jordan was the coach, the winningest Auburn coach in, in uh, Auburn football history. So Shug Jordan is a nickname, obviously, for Mr. Ralph Shug Jordan. Did, did he ever, like, did, did he ever reveal how in the world he got that nickname? Well, yes, he, he and I used to travel quite a bit together at speaking engagements and all. And uh, he got the name for his love of sugar cane uh, that was uh, prominently grown in Selma, Alabama, quite a bit. And and his love for that, and they named him Shug. So it just so happens that there were that. So the as you know, being an Auburn fan, you know that the Iron Bowl is probably one of the most storied rivalries in college football if not the most? There's no question about it. On all the pro teams and all the travels that I've been around the country with with Auburn University, uh, I can't tell you how many people have come up to me, especially teammates that I would meet during training camp and things from other schools. If they were to come up to me and tell me, tell me what it's like to play in a ball game like the Iron Bowl. Tell me what it's like. Tell me what it's like to have, you know, 50,000 people in, in orange and blue and then 50,000 people in that other reddish color that they have over there. So, you know, and I told them it's unbelievable. It's a, it's a privilege that very few people get their experience. So, it just so, so the reason why I bring that up, it just so happens that that a game that there was a football game in the that there was an Iron Bowl in 1972 that was deemed the Punt Bama Punt game. Do you remember that game? Oh, I remember it quite well. I didn't make enough yards to put a mobile home on, you know, but we managed to block two kicks and kick a field goal and win the ball game 17 to 16. Wow. Very interesting. Very interesting. 
So any Shug Jordan coaching stories? Oh God, I, I could keep you. I could keep you going for hours talking about Coach Jordan because he and I traveled all the time. And and uh, if my sophomore year, my sophomore year, uh, we were fixing to start. Uh, and of course, you couldn't play on the varsity until you were a sophomore. You had to play on the freshman team your junior year. I mean, your freshman year. And so we were getting ready to start fall practice and. I felt I was running on the second team, and I thought I was better than the senior football player that was in front of me. So I went over to Coach Jordan's office and told him I wanted to talk to him, and he said, certainly. So I go in and sit down, and he said, what do you what do you want to talk about? I said, well, I'm better than Nicky Sofko, and I need to be starting. He leaned across his desk and looked at me, and he said, Terry, you are better than Mickey Sofko. You are better than Mickey Sofko. And when we put you in the game, we know something exciting is fixing to happen. But we don't know if it's for our team or the other team. We know you're going to run 50 yards sideways, 50 yards backwards, 50 yards forward. We have not a clue what you're fixed to do. The only thing we do know is it's going to be exciting. So what else can I ask you answer for you? I said, well, you answered it all in that one statement. He said, well, just go back there and work harder, you know. Speaking of running backwards, there is another game in the Iron Bowl, which you probably want to forget, but the wrong way Bo game where Bo Jackson ran the wrong way. Well, I certainly do remember that. I remember the foolish coach that called that play. You know, I remember who did that. When you got a Heisman Trophy, one of the best football players or the best natural athletes in the world, uh, Bo Jackson, and you, you, you're at the one-yard line or two-yard line and you give it to somebody else and not Bo, uh, that doesn't make any sense, does it? No. But anyways, how did you even decide to go to Auburn? I was born an Auburn man. I was born an Auburn man, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna die an Auburn guy. I mean, I, I used to drive around in in a pickup truck with my granddaddy because we lived with my granddaddy, and uh, he'd drive me around, and he and I listened to Mister Buddy Rutledge uh, call the Auburn games. He was a big Auburn guy, and I was just a you know I was a little boy, five, six, seven years old, and. And he, that's what we would do on Saturday would be drive around. And uh, that just kind of locked me in for life, you know. So, you know, like at the at Jordan-Hare Stadium nowadays, they, ha- they have those little, like, radio things that was made by live sports radio, I think. Is that right? Yes. Did they have those back in, like, like okay, so here's, so, the re- so part one of that question. Did you grow up going to Auburn games with your, with your family? No, I, I didn't get. To, I didn't go to Auburn until I was in the eighth grade. When I was in the eighth grade, uh, they they let teams come in from various high schools uh, wearing your jersey. If you wore your jersey, you got in free. So when I was in the eighth grade, uh, they they carried a, a, a carload of us down to Auburn, and and I stood in that stadium and on that railing and watching all those big men run down that field, and and I listened to the sound of of here comes the Tigers over the loudspeaker when they came out from the tunnel down there. And the only thing I did was go back home and say, I want some of this. I want some of this. So did they have the live sports radio thing back in 
back in like your your days or did yeah, or is that no 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 like did they have the option where you could use that the the live sports radio device to listen to said broadcast in the in the stadium. Well, yeah, well, when I was in, somebody, I mean, the transistor radio didn't come out to the 60s, you know, or so. So, you know, that's that's about what you listen to when you'd see all these people with a little handheld radio in the, or and they made earplugs for them later on and things like that on through the 70s. So you would see some of this. So, wait, you know what I'm talking about when I say live sports radio, right? Yeah, there was no live sports radio. Just the calling of the game. Out of all your experiences, what was the greatest moment or memory? Well, I think the greatest moment my memory was uh, was uh, that I got to play for Auburn University. I got to be an Auburn Tiger. I got to be. I got to go out and play football every day. I got to enjoy it every day. And I never got tired of it. It was just a special thing to me, you know. And I guess the moment that uh, Auburn came, knocked on the door and said, we want you to be an Auburn Tiger, it was one of the greatest moments I ever had. So what is your favorite tradition at Auburn? Well, I guess my favorite tradition at Auburn is the rolling of Timmer's Corners, seeing that I got the thing started by saying we were going to beat the number two out of Alabama. And then after the game, they all took toilet tissue and rolled the, rolled the Timmer's Corner up there after the 17-16 to 16 ball game. Wait, so that's actually how Timmer's Corners, like the rolling of the two, like is that actually how the toilet paper came to be? Like someone yes. said, we're going to beat the out of Alabama? And that's why it's been. That's why yeah, they, they do toilet paper. The they had me on the radio leading up to the ball game in 1972, and uh, the radio announcer said, "You know, said, well, you got uh, you got, now you got to play the mighty Alabama, you number two in the country. What do you got to say?" I said, "What I got to say? I said we're going to Birmingham and we're going to beat the number two out of them." So. You know, that's what's the next thing you know. We block the kicks and win 17 to 16. And and um, and uh, next thing you know, they're rolling tumors corner. So another like a tradition, tradition that they do nowadays at Auburn is they have is that the eagle flies every home game. Did they have that when you were playing? At Auburn? You know, they bring the eagle out and he would sit on a stand there in the stadium when I was playing. He would sit there during the game on this on this perch, you know, and and uh, one of his handlers would stand beside him or so. But no, they didn't fly back then. So um, can I ask you no- about another live mascot? Go ahead. So you know how like LSU has a live tiger, Mike the Tiger? Oh my goodness! Yes, I do. So one of our other guests said that they that like that they put him next to the visiting team, and every time the visiting team came out of the tunnel, he would just you know you know growl and roar and whatnot. Did did that like did you? And one of our producers said that that scared the living you know what out of him. Did that scare? Well, did Mike scare the living you know what out of you, Terry Henley? It didn't. It didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. I growled back at him, but. Uh, only thing I can tell you, it was sitting right outside our dressing room door, and and uh, we had several teammates that they had to take a hand towel, had to take a hand towel and uh, put in their face mask 
and uh, so they couldn't see him or hear him, you know, and lead him out. So he they wouldn't see him growling at him. <laughs> All right. So what is your so here's a two part question. Another two part question. I mean, so what is your favorite stadium that you've that you've played in for a neutral site or a road game? Well, you know, I enjoyed all of them. I mean, I enjoyed all of them. The only difference, I mean, their their field was a hundred yards long, and ours was a hundred. You know, so it was uh, it was no different what field I played on. I, the fans, uh, the crowd, or anything, I, I never never bothered me. None of that ever I was ever concerned about, and uh, and uh, so. We would, uh, but I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed playing as, oh, in Jackson, Mississippi, playing Ole Miss when I was a senior. Uh, um, I ran the ball uh, 34 times that night, and uh, we beat them 19 to 13, and they were like number six in the country or something like that, and undefeated, and, and, um, and uh, I did that on my birthday. So I guess I, I, was, uh, I was happy that day. Was this in the Deuce McAllister days? Oh, no, no. I'm much older than Deuce. Much older than Deuce. What about Michael Ower? Michael Ower? Oh, yeah. I'm a lot older than Michael. Okay, how about as a fan? Favorite stadium that you visited as a fan? As a fan, the, the best place, uh, favorite place I ever visited, I guess, uh, I would have to say, you know, Tennessee. I went to several Tennessee games. I've been to LSU several times, and I would have to say the Tennessee people. I mean, they seem to be very nice and and things. And I like South Carolina. South Carolina is a great setting, uh, and they they have all the cabooses lined up there uh, that people tailgate in and go around the stadium. And that's a that's a, a, a nice little. Uh, added thing like what we have the tiger walk and you know and and old miss has the grove and things they have the cabooses lined up very good very good so do you have a sporting event that is on your bucket list oh sporting i want to send over i want to see an auburn win another national championship or many more national championships before i leave this earth and to think we were one like to to think we could have won that game, won that like a sec, a third national championship if it weren't for Jameis Winston and Calvin Benjamin. My dad. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll help you out if we had tackled the boy at the 45 yard line, not let him break those two tackles, and he ran it down to the five or 10 yard line. If we had tackled him, the game would have been over. And then you say if, 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 if the guy had to run the kickoff back where our guy was running down the field and pulls a hamstring and, you know, the guy run right past him because he had a pulled hamstring. And, uh, so there was a couple of things there that could have gone our way that could have changed the game, you know, any second. So funny thing about that game is my co-host, my dad is a Florida state guy. So uh, uh, he would, he, he, my uncle, and my grandfather were sitting. Oh, my! Sorry, he, my uncle, and my grandfather on on his side of the family went to that. We're in Pasadena for that game. Oh boy! Well, I was there also. Yeah. Anyways, 
So do you have a favorite coach or, sorry, do you have a favorite coach or mentor and why? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to enunciate clearly with the question so you can understand. So, <laughs> you're, you're doing a wonderful job. I, th- I thought a lot, I mean, Coach Jordan to me is just the, uh, what, what college football is about and what quality of human being is about. He is outstanding. Pat Dye did an outstanding job. I liked him. And Tommy Tuberville, I really, really uh, enjoyed Tommy Tuberville in his tenure at Auburn. And I'm going to enjoy Hugh Freeze in his tenure. I think he is a quality coach. I think he's going to bring a lot of lot of things back to Auburn. And Auburn is a top five brand in the country. There's no question about it. It is Auburn. There's only one Auburn. And I assure you, he's going to make it prominent here quick. So in other words, you think Hugh Freeze will dig us out of the hole that Harson dug us into? Exactly. You couldn't have put it no better, Parker. Couldn't yeah. Have put it no better, buddy. When they first hired Harson, I was like, "Sure, okay, they beat FSU." But then I realized that, oh wait, that win does that win isn't even a quality win. I mean, sure, Boise State's like a mid-major school, but at the time, F- like FSU, like they were kind of in a rebuilding phase, if you will. Okay. Well, we shouldn't have hired Harsons. I mean, that's water over the dam. We shouldn't have hired the AD that hired him either. We shouldn't have hired the president that hired the AD. So it was, a, it was a, you know, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, all three of them. That's, that's, it took them all out. Ugh. And to think we were one Tank Bigsby inbound, like, and to think we were two minutes away from, from, from beating Alabama. Thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> okay, anyways, enough with the Harson ranting. Any other stories you think our listeners would like to know? Well, I mean, I could, like I say, I could sit here and, and tell you all kind of stories. I mean, when we in the first game we played in 1972, we played, we uh, of course, like I say, we picked to win one game. We go to play Jackson, Jackson, Mississippi, the opening night. We were the only game being played that year, that day. And, um, and uh, in Jackson, we played Mississippi State. We're a 10-point underdog. Coach Jordan gives this speech that we're going to run only five plays. We're going to run only five plays. I, I'm fixing to step into a huddle. I'm fixing to step into a huddle of, uh, of somebody of six players that have never been in an SEC game in their life. And um, and my quarterback has put his jersey on backwards, and we're going to run five plays. And uh, I got an offensive lineman that took a bath before the game because he said it'd be crowded in there after the game. So now what did I have to worry about? You know what I'm saying? The only thing I did was go out and run the ball 32 times that night and uh, uh, for 150-something yards, and uh, we, beat, we beat them 14-3. to three. So you said you played Ole Miss in Jackson. Is that right? Mississippi State and Jackson? Played Ole Miss and Mississippi State, both in Jackson. And did you say something about that game starting at midnight? No, that game didn't start at midnight. It was the only game being played, the first one at Mississippi State. Uh, we, we were the, the only game being played that weekend. See, back then, you only had three TV channels. Mm-hmm. So you could only be on TV two times every three years. So we were only on TV, you know, two times. I mean, Pat Sullivan, some of his greatest games, you know, we were not on TV. So can I ask a stupid question? 
When you said that was the only game on that weekend, do you mean on television or like played at all that weekend? The only game being played at all that weekend. We kicked we kicked the season off that year. Oh, oh, so it was kind of like week zero. Is that is that what I'm understanding? That's correct. And then the then the next weekend we didn't play. We didn't play, and everybody else played. And then, then the following week, then we fell right in line with everybody else playing, you know, their second game. So what I'm understanding is back in the day, week zero only consisted of one game. And now it like has like a whole, like at least two or three games. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, it's sort of like in Atlanta, you know, sometimes they have the kickoff game. And mm-hmm. they, the, it's the same, the same principle as what it was back then, except this the way the calendar fell, it just worked out that we were the only game being played at that time. Okay, very good, very good. So, on this podcast, we are all sports fanatics. So, the last question we ask, as a fan, what do you think is the all-time greatest moment in sports? The all-time greatest moment in sports. All-time greatest moment in sports. Uh... I think Usain Bolt winning all the Olympic sprinting records and races that he won those two or three years running in the Olympics. I, I thought that was phenomenal. It's a guy how many he won and never got beat. Can I ask another? Can I ask an additional question? Do you remember yeah. the Kick Six game in 2013? The which game? The ki- the game that that Auburn beat Alabama off of that, uh, like when Chris Davis ran that field missed field goal all the way back for a, like 109 yards to send the Tigers to the championship game. Well, that was an exciting time. There's no question about it. And and uh, uh, you know if you and let me tell you something about something you might know or you might not. Mm-hmm. Know. You know, see, Auburn called timeout. Auburn called timeout. They had one. And when Auburn called timeout before they kicked the ball, that, uh, you know, Auburn was lined up. And then Auburn had another timeout. And they called a timeout for the second time. Okay. And when they called a timeout for the second time is when they sent Chris Davis back to the end zone. Originally, the first time they lined up, Chris Davis was not back to run the kick back. He he was he was up on the line of scrimmage, and then when they called timeout the second time, is when he, they put him back in the end zone. And when they put him back in the end zone, I told Doctor Ed Murray, who was sitting beside me, he said, "What's he going back there for?" I said, "Well, he can run it out of the end zone." He said, "Well, I didn't know that." I said, "You certainly can. He can run this ball if it doesn't go, uh, you know, beyond the the field of play." He can run this ball back, and that's exactly what it did. And that was an exciting moment. Now, I may, I'm probably going to put that above Usain Bolt, yes. <laughs> but anyways, the reason why I bring that up is it just so happens that after the game, when the fans were rushing the field and Rod Bramblett said, and I quote, they're not going to keep him off the field tonight. My father and I were actually two of the two of the 100,000 fans on the field. And it oh, just – wonderful. And the ESPN game day crew was – um broadcasting from the field and so my father lifted me up and you can see like like a thir- like one third of my face on television and so <laughs> anyways all right well th- thank you for your time mr henley 
right, fanatics. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Fan and Fanatic. Thank you for joining us, and thank you for all of your support. Don't forget to follow or subscribe, or whatever your podcast app says to do. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. For my broadcast partner, Ryan Grilecki, this is Parker Grilecki saying, Game, Set, Match! <laughs>